Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Hi, Michael. Hey, guys. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome Thank to you. Bad Movies Rock. You know how sometimes like mm-hmm. a thing will happen and then another thing will happen that'll be related to that thing and you won't have expected either of those things to happen because they sort of harken back to an old thing you haven't really thought about that much. And then sure. a third thing will happen that relates to that thing and then you think, oh, I'm living in a simulation or the universe is trying to tell me something. You mean like um, if if we're watching like Supernatural and they all of a sudden have an episode on imaginary friends and that kind of like reminds you of some movie that you watched as a kid and then what else would happen, Amber? Well, before that even happened, I was oh. watching, so you know how I watch Critical Role and then there's the, the mm-hmm. show Talks Machina where they talk about the episodes that they did and the people who do Critical Role basically, Michael, soulmates, just cultural pop culture soulmates, similar to how you and I operate, they mm. have seen and remember all the same shit from my childhood that I do. Uncanny. Uncanny. So they mentioned Drop Dead Fred while talking mm. about something in their campaign. Okay, two days later, yeah, we're watching Supernatural because that's a thing we've decided to do to ourselves. That's why we keep <laughs> referencing it. And lo and behold, there's a freaking episode on imaginary friends. Apparently it's a literal magical creature that only the child can see and... They're just there. And in the episode itself, obviously they mentioned Drop Dead Fred because clearly one of the writers saw that movie forever ago and thought, hey, fuck it. It's season 11. Let's do an imaginary friend episode. Mm -hmm. That alone, strange, within two days of each other. But the next day, Megan. The third day. (laughs) Michael, what did you write? What'd you say? I was, I, I had this idea pop into my head and I sent you a text that was basically said... What did it say? It's like emergency. I must watch Drop Dead Fred with you. I don't know why, but I really feel like we need to drop everything and watch this movie right now. Yep. Basically that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yes. It broke my Amazing. brain. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant yeah. to be. I suppose it was. This is a movie that I think about on and off again over the years, and I've wondered for a long time because I haven't seen it in 25 years probably. Um, but it stuck with me and I've wanted to watch it again. And I was like, I know who's probably seen it and has the same exact feelings about it because we could share some kind of weird pop culture id or something like it all comes from the same source. And I was like, I'm going to reach out to Amber and Megan about this. And lo and behold, you guys have been having this existential crisis already that I just dropped a nuclear metaphysical bomb onto. So you're welcome. Yep, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, she knew it was coming because I had already made it clear after the Supernatural episode. And then you just, oof. You accelerated the process, yeah. Indeed, indeed. We watched the two, no, what is it? Why do I keep calling it 2000? We watched the 1991 Drop Dead Fred, everybody. because it was ahead of its time, Megan, and you were- Yes. Ahead of its time. It was, You want to put it situated (laughs) in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Megan- Fuck mm. you first. Yep. There's no short. Mm-hmm. Fred, and everybody mm-hmm. knows Agreed, that. Yes. Uh, as as Michael mentioned, very few people I think probably remember this movie. For some reason, he and I were rolling around in the same strange dirt pile <laughs> movies and television weird zeitgeist of media. It's, yep. I don't know how else to explain it. It it explains us. It does somehow. It does. It does us yeah. and Matt Mercer? I think. Um, <laughs> If the three of us were all in a room together, we might either explode or end the universe. 
Or just talk yeah. our own language. I think we would talk mm. and it would be incomprehensible to anybody else. Just um, a beautiful shorthand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We just call each other snot face and... Um, <laughs> Mega <you know>. bitch! <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really amazing uh, how this this episode kind of became. So, thank you guys for sharing that. Uh, weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some things are stranger than fiction, I guess. It's beautiful. Beautiful thing that came together. Or was it inevitable? <laughs> <laughs> Death taxes and drop dead Fred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Megan, mm. as this is your first time viewing this film, I don't want you to get lost. I think it's very important that I remind you what mm. you have just seen with a browsing game of witches, 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 witch. However, as Michael mm-hmm. is our guest, I have myself have not prepared a summary, so we shall oh. be doing summaries in no particular order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Metacritic, IMDb, Amazon, and Michael. And you Ooh. shall tell me mm-hmm. which is which is which is which. Excellent. Are you prepared? Most likely. Excellent. <laughs> when a young woman returns to her mother's home after her marriage breaks up, she recreates her imaginary childhood friend to escape from recent traumas. Not necessarily completely accurate. And a little bit presumptuous, if I might say. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A little bit. A young woman finds her already unstable life rocked by the presence of a rambunctious imaginary friend from childhood. Okay. Uh, rambunctious is the nicest thing you can yeah. say. About childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is what is what is the word where you do with you say an, below the thing you mean? Oh, uh, I don't know. Like you say a nice thing instead of the real thing. White people talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's wasp how white talk. people talk, Amber. Yeah, wasp. There's a, there's a word for it's it. It's waspish. It's euphemistic. Is it's euphemistic? Ah, uh, mm. okay, yeah, it's the same thing. Three, a young woman finds her already unstable life rocked by the presence of a rambunctious imaginary friend from childhood. <laughs> okay, yes, <laughs> and finally, mm-hmm. <clears throat> meet Lizzie, a grown-up little girl. Daughter to a monster and a wifey to a churl. Cheating Charlie act like he's got all the dangle, but but the putz is just a stub on a loveless triangle. <laughs> Lizzie trying to talk to him about their marital problems, but then she lost her job and then moves back to home with mom again. The jack and box is twirling and the weasel popping off again. And there's that lump under the bed. Look behind you. Drop dead Fred. Nice. Yes. He's imaginary. Would you like to meet him? I made him a man because only a man has the freedom to be a crass asshole. Tell mm. people what they think. Rolls mm. up on you with dog do shoes. Proud that his shit stinks. <laughs> yeah, he murders the dolls. Pulls out their intestines. Makes mean <laughs> pants pie that'll give you indigestion. He makes puke jokes like it's his religion. Yet he gets grossed out when you do it like the pigeons. He's oh. got a carrot top Beetlejuice with an English accent. Like her dad she once had before he up and went uh lizzie fighting back now through fred she acts out drown the fish sink the ship hey it's the only way out of her fucked up life that don't make sense full of spousal lies and negligence how can she fear the consequence when she already lost her innocence she finds her real friends like mickey and janie who'll splash the spaghetti and forego the nookie but her mom and her child still up in her head got some pills that'll make drop dead fred drop dead but together they go deep in the mind it's trippy it's scary but that's how she finds her inner child and then it gets real gets all the feels starts to heal it wasn't her but reality that had gotten surreal 
Fred Ooh. said goodbye, dropped out of her head. She's on her own two feet. She's in her own bed. She's got a straight spine and a stiff upper lip. And Fred's still in her heart. And yo, that is legit. And so this is this movie. The critics, they passed. But watch it's not face because it's a blast. Wow. Wow. I think that we are going to change our uh, format here where we're mm. actually not going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about Michael's um, uh, 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 rap about the movie. We're going to analyze yeah. that. Let's unpack that shit because that mm-hmm. was, I mean, beautiful. before we started recording, you said that's corny. I was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was working was on the ending. <laughs> insightful. That was, it hit all the right notes. It mm-hmm. went deep into the subtext of the film it was yep. it was the discussion we're about to have you know it was like what megan does to me all the time i will say 10,000 words over the course of 10 minutes to sort of talk around a subject megan will say one thing he likes elon musk boom blows the whole thing <laughs> wide open yeah so what we're about to spend an hour talking about people michael just wrapped it yeah absolutely like you were already done. Feel free to switch off. Like you, you, right. you well, came hey guys, and got what you good, needed. Thanks for beautiful. the movie. It was good. Yes, no, we got a lot to talk. This movie is there's a lot of meat on the bone. There is for this movie that a lot of people passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this... We're on a we're, we're we're barreling towards critics' corner. I think with like a a semi truck full of dynamite because I'm kind of pissed about it. You know, yeah, like for sure. There's there's a lot here. Yeah, I don't disagree with anyway. you. I don't disagree. Yeah. I I was definitely concerned as i had not myself seen it in at least a couple decades too so i didn't know how well it would hold up but my memory of it was this is an oddly emotionally impactful message and story that's pretty relevant in general to people's emotional growth as adults and how that harkens back to childhood mixed with poop jokes and humor that could appeal to a Mm six-year-old yeah yeah no no amber i'm i'm a pedantic listener of the show i mm. need to know i need to know which is which is which i was gonna one i was gonna ask like do you think do you think if, if we just if i don't get which is which, is which it, i can't I, I won't be able to sleep tonight if we skip it how mad do you think our listeners would be I, well, I'm, I'm here i'm telling you which is which bloobles it's gotta be amazon imdb metacritic michael um technically (laughs) was it it, yeah i read metacritic first but they're identical so it doesn't matter yeah they were identical they were identical (laughs) (laughs) this is what they do sometimes i don't know who cheats off who but that's not fair (laughs) yeah they definitely but you remember over at each other's papers you remember i did this time yeah all right although i I I don't know if it's consistent yeah i i think it is i think amazon does not do it Right. Which always surprises me, which yep. is what I finally started to remember. It's the run, one wrong they do not do. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Excellent. All right. Well played. Well Madeline. done, Megan. Well, well played. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So this is on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This is the biggest uh, critic to audience discrepancy that I've seen. We've got 11% for the critics. <laughs> <laughs> And you add 66 to that, and we've got 77% for the audience. Ah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is an open palm slap, son. Are you just going to stand there and bleed? Oh, my God. That is really bad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Yeah. yeah. But the repudiation from the users is, and Rotten Tomatoes numbers mm-hmm. are not 
something to laugh at. You know, Metacritic sometimes is a couple dozen people who review the movie. Rotten Tomatoes is usually hundreds, if not thousands. It's over Mm -hmm. 100,000 ratings. Over 100,000? Holy Is what it says. Yep. I need to meet every one of those people. I Mm -hmm. think... I think we could maybe have an amazing orgy of the mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah. Either way, wh- whatever, you know, we'll would, see where the, it would the be like masturbation because apparently we're all the same people. We are all just the same. That's person. true. Yeah. That's a good, very good point. <laughs> Gorgeous. Oh, my Glorious. goodness. Well, uh, Metacritic it's reassuring. has. It's nice to know that there are some sane people out there. That's good yep. to know. Yep. Wow. That's a disturbing statement that I agree with. <laughs> Fair enough. Metacritic, critics are aggregated at 25, users at 49. Mm. A little less extreme, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. still, you know. But still capturing the critic user discrepancy. There's there's Mm -hmm. somebody's right and somebody's wrong. Yeah. And the critics are wrong. I mean, it's just, yeah. Critics are wrong. Critics are fucking wrong. Yeah. What are some of, I'm I'm interested Uh, to know, like, what are some of the things that critics said about this film? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they uh, at least on Rotten Tomatoes they they think it's crass. They think the um uh it's slapstick humor, um, unfunny. Yeah, I, unfunny. I feel like yeah, I feel like who it's just not watched with the audience in mind. Um, I don't think they know who the audience is because yeah. it is. It is definitely kind of a child humor slapstick that a lot of people, some people just come straight for Rick Mayall, 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 who plays Drop Dead Fred. Not not the character. They're not mad at the character. They're mad at Rick. Uh, Rick Because he's, the character is very frenetic, very just manic. Mm-hmm. At times, obnoxious, boisterous, yeah, yeah. very well, very obnoxious most of the time, yeah, yeah. And I, but then, like, very heartfelt and sweet at the end too. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's he's a complicated character. But you, I thought he you was have well. to you have to wade through all mm-hmm. of the insanity to get to the message, and the insanity is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah. because it is comedic and billed as a comedy, yeah. people think if I'm not laughing and if this is super juvenile humor, I can see my kid getting into this, but. This isn't mm-hmm. for me an adult, even though the message itself is largely fairly adult. Yep. And I, I think absolutely. it kind of runs into something that we've seen with a lot of the movies that kind of are scored lower than Megan and I would agree with mm. is where does this fit in the genre? Who is mm-hmm. the audience it's intended for? Uh. And so there's there's definitely some reviews that say uh, it was not credited. It's from TV Guide magazine. Children may delight in some of Drop Dead Fred's fanciful effects sequences, but they're likely to be bored by Elizabeth's grown-up problems. And adults may identify with the self-help message, but the rest is squirm-inducing. And I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I watched this as a kid. I did laugh at it. Mm-hmm. I was also uncomfortable with a lot of it, even the stuff that, mm-hmm. that I found kind of funny. And I did get the adult messages. It's, it's right. not, it was not opaque to me. And now as an adult, those messages I think are even more impactful because I've lived a life to the point of adulthood and I see the value in it. And I have the affection for the scenes that would potentially just be squirm-inducing. But we have Megan here who doesn't have that thing, that past reliance. So we can can interrogate that with her. Mm -hmm. You can interrogate me. 
<laughs> Where were you on the night of October 20th, 2022? <laughs> oh, you were with me and Amber. We were watching it. Yeah, it's true. We watched it. I do want to interrogate that. I, I guess I wanted to point out first real quick. This is so ironic to me because um, when we were looking at the, the film like in Amazon and it showed like people also viewed mm. and the, the, the movies that the algorithm came up with that were like peer movies for this were so bizarre and nothing like it. Um, I think the closest they got was Problem Child um, right. with the kind of humor, but I don't think necessarily the kind of depth. Um, and character development this movie does so like I can see how it would be hard to place and it always I don't know it bothers me when people respond to a movie that is good but because they can't really put it in a category they feel like it must not be good you know what I mean yeah like if it doesn't fit in a nice little tidy little spot like it must not be very good because it didn't make me laugh the way it's supposed to or whatever you know what I mean like right the the review you read about it it, it can be both <laughs> you know what i mean it doesn't have to be just one thing and um yeah it just it, that just rankles me i wish that people had more of an open mind i guess yeah and it billing this as an adult comedy it's pg-13 so it could kind of go either way it's clearly not meant for mm-hmm. kids because it's not pg but i think makes people expect to be laughing at every joke and i mm-hmm. that's not what it's for i think it is supposed to be a bit squirm inducing mm-hmm. and a bit mm-hmm. juvenile and it but it's that that's intentional i think it's intentionally trying to take an adult psyche and force it to contend with these things and and these things that we did think were funny when we were six and maybe mm-hmm. some of the things we do still think are kind of silly uh, i think it is supposed to be disorienting because the experience of the main character is meant to be disorienting and sort of mm-hmm. transporting back to childhood. So I I think it 100% what you said. I think it's a good movie. I think it accomplishes what it intends to accomplish, but I think it is a, a, an effective failure to categorize it because there's not necessarily a category for it. So if you can't situate it within your expectations and then judge it based mm-hmm. on those, it makes it hard to judge. And so it just sort of gets madly rejected. Yeah, and and I'll add this is a quick final point. Movies like this don't get made anymore because of that, right? Like if the studio yeah. can't see a clear category and a clear audience and a clear profit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not likely to like maybe um, you know indie movies can take these kind of risks, and maybe if you view it in a lens of like maybe this is more like an indie type movie, then if you categorize it like that, maybe then you'll have more of an open mind and can receive it the way it was intended to be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But Megan. Yes, that's me. What were your thoughts about it? Well, Michael, I I can definitely so I, I definitely um feel the um the humor that makes me a little stressed out. And mm-hmm. and like you were saying, um it's it's kind of supposed to be squirm inducing, you know. There's this um imaginary friend going around doing terrible things and of course the either the little girl or the adult uh, woman is getting blamed for them and that it it's that that kind of thing stresses me out it just like hits all those it just makes me <laughs> just i just get so stressed out or she's gonna get blamed for something that wasn't like, her like fault. you're gonna get in trouble or she's gonna get in trouble and uh, yeah just that, exactly that tension of, like getting found out yep but that's Megan's also got some skeletons in her closet i guess is that is that what i'm hearing <laughs> don't, don't worry about it michael don't worry about it don't look behind me don't look in that closet yeah. keep it closed <laughs> 
that that's that's my mean? that's my Halloween <laughs> <laughs> decoration. So worry about it. <laughs> that is definitely a human femur. Don't fuck Don't. with me. He's trying to escape. Run, it's plastic. I know a femur when I see one, and it looks like it's been gnawed on. I'm just going to put that out there. Listen, a popcorn gets hungry sometimes. Very naughty. Oh no, Michael. Michael, Michael. Um, but but and then I was thinking about that, and then that's me completely dissociating Drop Dead Fred and uh, and Elizabeth mm-hmm. from each other, right? Because the question of something that we talked about a whole bunch, and I actually saw in some reviews, were like, are they supposed to be a different person? Is this her just acting out? Is this you know like? There's the like kids' view of something of like, oh, they're two different people and so he's getting her in trouble but if it's only her wrestling with her own psyche then she's doing these things mm-hmm. and she is getting herself in trouble yeah I don't know. that's the fun of the movie if you ask yeah. me like is is it is it real is it imagined where's the line blurring the line playing with that blurred line throwing some things in there that make you question your pre, you know what you had assumed like that was that was that was that made it fun to watch it again because when you watch it as a kid you take it at face value oh you know drop dead friend mm-hmm. is real and only she can see him and you just kind of accept that premise um but you know then like you you watch it later and it's kind of like the pan's labyrinth kind of or like return to oz like is was this yeah. somebody dealing with their psychosis in a mm-hmm. in a in a way and is this um you know an allegory or a metaphor of some kind you know i would yep. suggest that in those instances, both of them, I would argue, end with somebody dead or just drooling in a corner. I don't think Dorothy in Return to Oz returns home <laughs> and is okay. And in Pan's she's Labyrinth, <laughs> she just dead. We see she's her dead. corpse. Yeah, so she's dead. It's in this sad. case, she comes out from this she journey mm-hmm. really healthy and grounded. Mm-hmm. It ends yeah. up very... It's on a upbeat note at the end. Mm-hmm. And you know? I would argue... That that makes a solid case for external professional intervention. I don't think a person mm-hmm. gets from traumatized to re-traumatized to healthy mm. without assistance. And mm-hmm. I would suggest that if Fred is some sort of self-actualized thing, it is the self-actualization of something else she's going through, I would argue, psychedelics. But, hey, that's just me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I would yeah. say she had a tool. If that tool is a real imaginary friend, Cool. If a real imaginary friend is just some mushrooms she found in a pocket and took and had a nice trip that got her back to healthy, neat. And Carrie Fisher, turns out, wasn't her friend, was her therapist the whole time. I'm just saying. Ah, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. But I I think, yes, it's the the critics (laughs) are wrong. They didn't know what to do with this movie. They didn't like the humor. They fucked up. They weren't supposed to. One of them even says that the movie turns sour and replaces the cuteness with venom and malice. What? And I, what? I can't help but feel that maybe they're over-identifying with maybe the mother. Maybe. Um, Because mm-hmm. there's Charles. No, <laughs> <laughs> like why can't they let this guy have an affair with a woman and, yeah, and two time people and be just a total douchebag and say the worst line I think I've ever heard a man say to a woman? Oh God. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we can talk about Charles. Yeah. So yeah, critics got it wrong. Just a hundred percent got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 don't seem to respect the fact that this is a bigger story than the face value of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. No one seems to mention that. They all just kind of go in at the, like, slapstickness of it and the kind of silly humor. And and that's the only scrap of... um, that, that I'll give them is that like there were some musical cues and some slapstick sure. and some sight gags that suggest kind of a looney toony kind mm, of like very much silliness. Yeah. Um, but they just it just went over their head because that's supposed to be her childhood humor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, being exactly. represented. And and some of it was actually funny. Some yeah. of it was just like, well, you know, like that's dumb. But like uh they just they miss the point of that humor in the context of the story that's being told, and that absolutely is just a big swing and a miss. Absolutely. Well, just to put an example real quick in what you just said, because you're exactly right. There's the he gets his head stuck in the fridge, it gets flattened, and then there's the the makeup gag of mm-hmm. oh his head is flat now, and he has to put it back together, and so there's this long sequence of him trying to reinflate his head and being silly mm-hmm. in the kitchen. That's not the funny part. Mm-mm. The funny part is that you have an adult woman sitting in her mother's kitchen seeing this happening while her mother just goes about her business trying not to laugh. The funny mm-hmm. part is if you imagine this as though it is really happening. Mm-hmm. And that's that's funny. That's disorienting. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. This adult woman thinks this is happening while she's trying to hold a straight conversation with her mother. Like that's... Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. The person who got the yeah. closest, I will say there's one positive review. Okay. It's from yeah, Jay Boyer at the Orlando Sentinel. I had fun watching Drop Dead Fred, but I want to take special care not to raise expectations unrealistically by overpraising it. The movie is no comic masterpiece, but it is consistently amusing in a way that sometimes reminded me of a kitty picture and at other times of more sophisticated comedy. Hmm. So I feel like he gets the seeds of the fact that it's supposed to be both. And he suggests right. that it's not doing either consistently well. But it's the synergy he's missing. Yep. Synergy. All right. Fuck you, yes. Critics Corner. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get, yeah. Let's get the hell out of there. Yeah. S- smear some dog poo on their furniture and get the hell out. <laughs> dog poo. Dog poo. Lovely, lovely dog poo. Lovely, lovely dog poo. Where do you guys want to start? Oof. Where do? Where? Where? Where can we start? Yeah. Well, well let's start with the opening scene. I think. Okay. Um, the opening scene, uh, kind of before the credits roll, is the the mother uh, reading a bedtime story to the daughter, like as a little girl, mm-hmm. and it's what some like bullshit fairy tale story of um, like the prince. And uh, I need you guys to help me with some of the quotes here because she reads a story, and then like I think the girl asks, "So did, was she happily ever after? Like, did, was she happy after that?" And the mother says, "Yes." Of, oh, what did she say? Yes, of course. Yes, of and course. She said, but how do you know? That's that's it. Yes. How do you know? Uh, the little girl asks, and then the mother has this line where it's like, because she was nice, and the prince princess will only be with a nice girl or something like that. Yep. If she had been naughty, yeah. he would have run away from her. That's mm-hmm. what. Yes. If she had been naughty, which come that's that's key because we find out later that her husband left her. Right. Um. The mom has a whole psychological journey in this movie, too, um, that she's only just getting started on by the time mm-hmm. it ends. But, um, and then the little girl, as, he, as the mother is like walking away, she's like, That's a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In her cute and, little girl voice. In her cute little girl voice, she says, That's a pile of shit. And then the, and then roll credits. And it's this really weird credits of like, and it like almost like crayon style animation. But like, yeah, that sets us up so well for like that was that girl's last 
you know, moments of being herself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of like critical thinking, pushing back against authority, um, you know, talk, taking for reality for what it is and speaking her own mind, right? And then we fast forward after the credits to Lizzie's in a car trying to rehearse what she's going to say to her husband who's been cheating on her and how she wants to get back together with him anyway. She's become this total doormat, you know, of a person who has been suppressing what she wants in exchange for getting on and getting by and, you know, being pleasing to other people. And she, she's just, she's a wreck, unfortunately. Yes. It's actually kind of gut wrenching as she's practicing it. It, This is Mm -hmm. really kind of fucking insightful too. As she's sitting in the car, practicing her speech to Charles she says, okay, it's really important that we, we talk about this. Charles, I forgive you. And I love mm-hmm. you. And then she takes a moment, looks ill, and says, oh, that hurt more to say than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And it's it's her f- almost fighting a back, back against what she's going to do, which is sublimate her own feelings and desires for the sake of this thing that she thinks she wants and needs, this person, this relationship. And Mm -hmm. she has a visceral physical reaction to the pain of suggesting that she should forgive him, that she should still love him. And then she goes right forward and tries to do it anyway. Tries to do it anyway. Blows right past. And it the they they turn the the knife, they twist the knife in our hearts a little bit more because he's at a Jaguar dealership with some (laughs) douchebag car salesman, of course. And she's trying to talk to him, and he's just kind of like very patronizing and just very like, oh, Lizzie, Lizzie, you know, this is the best thing that could have happened to us. You know, I'm free. Yeah. I'm going to move in with Annabelle. And she's like, her name's Annabelle. And like all this is like, it's just, he's yeah. like, yeah, this was your idea. It's so great. And <laughs> it was. She's there trying yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he talks to her like she's a child. This, yep. this is kind of a theme that keeps coming up is everyone talks to her and treats her like a child. Um, and probably because she is still, you know, emotionally, you know, just so codependent and and like a child in that sense. Yeah, they, she they dresses even have like her, a child. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say they even say, have her. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, they even have her dressed in yeah, kind of very adult, childlike dresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like if you looked at her from a distance and you couldn't tell, like, um, if you didn't have like the spatial cues to tell her how tall she was, you would think it was a little girl. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Yeah, um, the absolutely. long dress, the long hair, the the long haircut that like a, a little girl has where it's not like shaped or anything. Yep, it's just straight um, and then chopped straight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bows yep. and high collars and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in five minutes, she's um fails to forgive her husband for cheating on her, mm-hmm. has her car stolen, mm-hmm. is late to her job as a stenographer, which I also think is interesting at the yeah. courthouse. Her job is just to copy mm. what other people say. Oh, yes. yeah. She doesn't have her own voice. She doesn't get to speak up in the courtroom. She's just mm-hmm. there to write down what other people are doing. Um, and she gets fired from that because she's late. Um, and she even comes in, and this is a really interesting moment too, because she comes in and she's like, I'm sorry I'm late. Like, I lost my car, my husband, and, like, something else. My, my money. Yeah, yeah. My wallet, my purse. Because yeah. her, yeah. her purse was stolen from the car, and then yeah. a minute later, the car was stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then the judge, who's a real piece of work, is like, all in the same lunch hour, huh? You know, like, real D-bag. And then she goes to sit down to start her job, and he's like, come to the bench. And he says, you're fired. You know, and that's that's the start yeah. of this movie. Yep. 
so then her mom like just appears in her life and she's like, I'm going to get you back together with your husband and you're going to come live with me for a little while. And, um, she tries to stand up to her mom. She says, no, I'm going to stay in my apartment tonight. And then the next thing we see is them pulling up to her house. You know, her mom's driving the car and she's back home. Yeah, but uh, before mm-hmm. this, she mm. has a fateful encounter as she exits the job she was oh, just yeah. fired oh, from yes. with childhood friend Mickey, played oh, by Mickey. Ron Eldred. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Elizabeth Phoebe Cates makes the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's um, amazing. Young so Elizabeth, nice. yeah, young Elizabeth, who's played by Ashley Peldon, is also so good. She's so also good. So both oh. adorable and like silly Puckish. and yeah and i feel and like I, yeah. yeah i feel like <laughs> she and um rick mayall must have had like a oh, nice yeah. relationship because they play oh, yeah. really they do. well off of each other and that's kind of just adorable absolutely yeah. that's such a good point yeah. it, it seems like the, the girl was sincerely entertained by what they were doing you know yep. like, it was really cool those aren't fake giggles no mm. So she mm. runs into her old friend, Mickey, and who she hasn't seen since they were six, you know? And he's like, oh, I, I remember you. Do you remember what you did to my grandma? What? I never <laughs> did anything to your grandma. No, no. You, oh, that's right. That's what you said at that time. You said, gosh, what was his name? You said, drop dead Fred did it. And she has this faraway look on her face. She's like, oh, that's right drop dead fred and she gets this little smile and they catch up briefly he mentions he's getting a divorce she says you have to work through it and it's a nice encounter he seems very cheerful Mm -hmm. and then yeah her mom comes and steamrolls her life yeah mickey's interesting too because it seems like his life has also had like a parallel suppression that is like another thing this movie does really well is it tells a lot of stories off the screen Mm. but well Mm -hmm. i think and i would argue that mickey's one because his fascination with lizzie has to do with him is like it's almost like she's his drop dead Fred. You know what yes. I mean? Like, oh like yeah. He, he was she was his outlet for his angst and adventure and and being yourself and all these things, right? And so like he's also coming off of a bad relationship because, um, you know, it probably probably presumably he also couldn't be his true self. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this kind of a rom-com setup almost, right? Like, oh, then these two must be getting together at the end of this movie. Like, if, if you're, like, tuned in, you're probably thinking that, right? And I don't know. I, I think Mickey's super, super interesting. Yeah, because, because they don't wind up together. Mickey is don't. just another part of her journey to remind her of who she used to be and mm-hmm. to support her as she's becoming who she's going to become. Like, he is almost... Mm-hmm excessively approving enabling too much yes yeah yeah um but so she's so she's home with her mom and that's when she she goes up to her own bedroom which is still pink and still so has pink. the white wicker oh. nightstand furniture Fucking and the little girl hell. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like somebody threw up pepto-bismol all over the place so is it hasn't changed since she's been an adult and she finds this jack-in-the-box that has tape all over it um and then it starts to then it gets kind of in in my opinion like a fucking horror movie for about five minutes it is fucking scary yeah because you have this jack-in-the-box cranking itself to pop goes the weasel which is yeah we can all agree is very scary yeah unsettling song yeah and it's spinning and spinning and she's just kind of like looking at it and then it stops, and then uh, with like it, 
pops open or does she she takes the tape she off takes it. it yeah she ends up taking yeah. the tape off yeah so she takes the tape off of it and i think sets it back down and then it pops open and this weird like booger kind of like pops out of it with like a little red poof <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, on it yep. and rolls under the bed and then you know she's looking at it she's look, looking for it and then she turns looks up and then boom he's right there a man is standing behind her and has dropped dead fred and all of his red-headed green you know green and yellow yeah. yeah and red shoes like a clown um and he's he's immediately trying to pick up where they left off uh He's like, where are the dolls? Where's the fire truck? Let's play. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. he adjusts once he realizes, okay, you're an adult. Then we can do adult shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's freaked out at first. He's like, yes. what did you do? Do you grew up? You know, it's almost Ew. like, you know, Peter Pan or something. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Hideous. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> we wait, we can mischief. get into yeah. some shit. We can, mm-hmm. we can get arrested. I mean, that's not <laughs> what he says. But you could. Now there are real consequences. Guy who mm-hmm. chose a child to play burglar when she was six. Yeah. yeah. The flashbacks that they have of their, of their antics are unique yeah. and, and interesting. Upsetting as an adult. And upsetting. I mean, as a child, <laughs> it was still upsetting. But now as an adult yeah. where you are the person who would clean that up. I think mm-hmm. Megan mentioned mm-hmm. this. It's it's as mm-hmm. you're watching some of these scenes, you're also thinking about all oh, that mess, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, the consequences. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When they when they first got to the house, the mom has this room roped off, and she's like, "Oh, don't go in there. I just have the carpet shampooed." Like this is like boundary. Boom. Right. And the first thing Drop Dead Fred wants to do is he goes outside in the middle of the night and finds some dog shit, walks in on his hands upside mm-hmm. down with poop on his shoes, and then just like does this um, uh, what do you call it? like a handspring? Thank yep, you. Yep. Yep. And and just lands oh, so bad. Yeah. He wants to be very slides. careful. Yeah, not to get the dog poop in the like foyer, mm-hmm. but to only get it on the shampooed that's carpet. Right, that's a good point. So it's, um, it's very important. Yeah. He's just bouncing around, wiping it on the like furniture. the chair and the Everywhere. carpet, and like it's a yeah. Oh boy, oh, super gross. The, so the main gosh. thrust of humor in this movie is Drop Dead Fred does some crazy stuff, but everybody thinks that Lizzie does it right. Like that's the that's the general premise of the humor. So like mm-hmm. she wakes up in the morning and her mom is scrubbing all the dog shit, and she's like, "I can't believe that you put this." Whole, you know, like she's like blaming Lizzie for it. Yeah. Which is our first instance of like, did Lizzie actually really do that? Did Lizzie come home, have a have a psychotic break, and yep. go out mm-hmm. and like just become feral and just start smearing shit all over something? You know? Yeah. Um, I'd like to think yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this is maybe where we can touch into like her mom being this piece of work, where like mm-hmm. her mom has kind of forced her to come home mm-hmm. is definitely kind of like very much treating her like a child at some point. Like she says, uh, you know, her mom tells her, Oh, I made up your room. And Liz- Lizzie, who's like still in, in very much shock because of this breakup is like, Oh, and, and her mom says, Oh, is that all you have to say to me? It's like, mm-hmm. thank you, mm-hmm. mom. Thank <clears throat> you, mother. Mother. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, and and then her mom being really, so she's cleaning, she's, she's in a silk shirt and, and skirt cleaning up and pumps, 
pink pumps and pumps. And pumps. Don't forget the pumps. Yeah. yeah, cleaning up poop, all in pink. And she's annoyed, but then Lizzie doesn't respond to that annoyance, and so her mom doesn't push it in a way. And it it all feels very like I don't know. Her mom's it. it just a very weird presence and very like manipulative and like mm-hmm. off-putting in a lot of ways. Right. Cause if she and was truly mad, she should be, I'd be furious. You just, you smeared, even if I hadn't just had oh, that yeah. carpet shampooed, what is wrong with you? What is you? wrong with you? Yeah. And you're giving me no explanation. That's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Whereas her mom's response is fury. And then Elizabeth just kind of walks away and starts making coffee and so she t- changes tax immediately and immediately mm-hmm. starts going after the husband stuff because, okay, I can I can get her on her insecurity about her husband and that's that's where I can get in there. And that exact manipulative is the right word. It's, it's as mm-hmm. though every emotion is oddly manufactured to exert control. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is also the the like deeper humor of this movie is because of Fred, she starts to land these jabs against these forces that are controlling her and it starts to shake them up a little bit. So like what you're saying about how like you would expect the mom to be really upset and to like yell at her, maybe even throw her out, right? Like, yeah. I, I welcomed you to my home and try to help you and now you did this. No, 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 no. That puts mom off. Mom yeah. is like on guard. Yep. She has to like shift strategy a little bit. And it's probably all subconscious, right? But um, that, you know, that's because Fred. That's because right, right. she has yeah. the freedom to do something really freaky <laughs> like smearing shit everywhere yeah and it puts everybody else off their game yep. yeah absolutely it knocks them off of kilter while she inexplicably while seeing this thing that doesn't exist that shouldn't exist that's doing crazy shit seems so calm she's, she's calm irritated she's amused but mm-hmm. she's never freaked out even mm-hmm. when he sinks her friend's houseboat um, and I, I, I think we can, Yikes. we'll talk more about the mom. I obviously will come back yeah. to her. Um, yeah. but I do want to mention Janie, who's played by yes. Carrie motherfucking Fisher. Carrie yes, motherfucking is. Fisher is great in this movie. It's great. Mm. Great in this movie. Yeah. Great character. Great Carrie Fisher. And the juxtaposition of her and the mom happens early on too. When the mom comes to grab her, Janie is already with Elizabeth offering support and it's much more nurturing and compassionate mm-hmm. and lifely. She's literally telling her like affirmations. I'm great. I, it's okay to be alone. Fuck Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate Charles. And she gets yep. um, Lizzie to say, I hate Charles, right? Yes. Like, yep. How does that feel? You know? Yep. I feel the same. And when her mom shows up, Janie's response is, she'll be okay. She just needs, you know, some mom energy, some cuddles. Mm-hmm. And the mom's response is, cuddles are for stuffed animals. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yep. Ooh. And it, it really sets up this immediately, okay, you found a good mother figure friend. Awesome. Yep. But she's not the loudest voice in your head yet. She's there. Yep. You've you've definitely, you know, brought her presence there. And you wonder how they met and but it, it's mm-hmm. it's she still doesn't have the same strength to keep her in place. She's literally Elizabeth is in the apartment, I'm gonna stay. And Jane's like, Good, you should stay. And she goes anyway. <laughs> yeah. so like the mom, mom is still yeah. yeah mom is still overbearing enough it's so true you need to um, i like to think that's another story told off camera like um it appears as though janie works at the law firm or the the, the firm or the courthouse um mm. she she's dating murray who is a lawyer they're in a board meeting where they're talking like lawyerly type stuff like did they just bump into each other because you know she, um 
she's a lawyer uh, and she Lizzie's was a, a stenographer. stenographer. Yeah. yeah. And, that's and, a, and like have coffee at some point. Like, fuck that's yeah. interesting, right? That's exactly what happened, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds about right. That seems like good writing to me. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. The pieces are there. It's just mm-hmm. not ex- explicit. I like that. It is a pretty lean mm-hmm. movie. It's an hour and 43 minutes, so I, I mm-hmm. which I appreciate. It's not too long. I, I'm always yeah. a fan of efficient storytelling, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Can I ask and, you guys a question? This is something yeah. I just thought of a second ago. Do, does Lizzie ever ask Fred to, like, stop doing what he's doing? She does. Okay. I think. Because normally in this kind of movie, like you would have the the main character like shouting at the chaos agent, like "Hey, stop! You're going to get me in trouble!" Or "Hey, stop! Like I don't want this to ha-. like you know that, that sort of thing." Like get the genie back in the bottle, or yeah. Um, I don't remember her being like. It was like knock it off, but then she would. Yeah. Allow it, like it was very passive. It wasn't like she wasn't it, freaking it was. out about how much trouble she was about to get in. Yeah. Or, no. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, that was definitely true. She was usually silent when it was happening. Sometimes she'd shake her head. The the times when she Mm -hmm. was actively yelling at him were usually when she wasn't around her friends or -hmm. she was alone with him. Um... I guess yeah, in the mall I guess, after the after yeah. the date with Mickey, she was yelling like, at him and then like attacked the violinist. <laughs> yeah, the the but, leave me alone moment. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're but right. During though. a lot of his mayhem, she wasn't like she's passive. Yep, or laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, or thinking yeah. it's funny. Or, yeah. or mm-hmm. actively tells him to go and help with something. Up to this point, nothing we've seen of Fred would encourage <laughs> you to think he would help. And yeah. Nope. Janie, her her friend has a houseboat. She flees to the houseboat to kind of get away from her mom. She's she's actually fleeing Fred. She she tries to sneak mm-hmm. out while he's asleep, and you know talks her way onto the houseboat. Janie's like, "You can stay the night." Then she thinks she sees Charles, her husband, in a speedboat. So she takes Janie's houseboat on the water, and Fred shows up yeah. and pushes a button. He's like, "She said, well, we need to go faster." Can you go like fix the engines? <laughs> Crazy she, manic in imaginary friend. <laughs> all her damn self. She does. Fred doesn't yes. do that. No. no. Fred doesn't do that. Yeah. And then she asks him, and then so he just takes a wrench and starts smashing. Just <laughs> smashing things. <laughs> and that's funny. And he thinks mm-hmm. they're playing pirates, right? So he's like yep. doing uh, cartwheels and talking about drowning fishes and all this crazy shit. Drown all the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, kill all yeah. the pirates yeah. and, and the houseboat legitimately sinks it goes sinks. down yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she yeah. basically yeah. burns her friend's house dra- to, to the fucking ground mm-hmm. yeah Janie's she, surprisingly chill about it Janie's super chill about it in fact still very supportive because Lizzie goes to the law firm to, to talk to her and say hey I sank your house and, and, Carrie, and Janie's just like you what you know like that's terrible and she's like but it was because of fred and like janie doesn't skip a beat she's like is fred here and and she's like yeah he's in and you know, like fred is like in the board meeting and he's all dressed up in a like a lawyer he's acting like an idiot and um so janie walks in and like yells at him and then wheels the chair out of course he's invisible to everybody else wheels the chair out and then just starts like she's like is he still in the chair and he's not um but Fred makes her say yes, like by shaking her head. Mm-hmm. And so she just starts like punching him and strangling him and like takes him on the floor and stomps on him, takes off her heel and starts like pounding him with the heel and creating a huge scene. Like everybody's like looking and like, what's, what's going on here? 
and um, she she's just like I, the only thing that explains why she's doing this is because she's trying to support Lizzie's feelings, mm-hmm. and she just learned that she lost her house, but Lizzie matters more to her than that. You know what I mean? Like, yep. That's wow. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah to me, it that's really very is interesting. Yep. Yep. And she refuses any external judgment of what what's happening. The, the other lawyers oh, yeah. come out and like, "What are you doing? There's no one here." Her response is, "He's invisible, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Just a, she, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. She's so self assured. Like, yeah. I, I feel like Janie is who Liz Lizzie like aspires to be. Like she wants yeah that kind of freedom and um. And and not needing validation from from any, anybody else, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, and and Carrie Fisher does so much with so little screen yeah. time. Yeah. Like she's yeah, not in so it true. very much, but like, yeah, when she's in it, she's in it. Yeah. She's she's great. Yeah. There are, I mean, th- there's many things are not subtext in this movie. Uh, Fred from the beginning very specifically says, you know, I'm here. I, I would love mm-hmm. to go. You want me to go? I'd love to go. But I'm here because you're unhappy. I can't leave mm-hmm. until you get happy. So what's going to make you happy? Mm-hmm. And her response is immediately, well, I need Charles back. If yep. I get Charles back, I'll be happy. And so he, you know, he does help with that. He does some crazy mm-hmm. shit that doesn't seem to be helping. But all of it leads to her having the opportunity to seduce Charles back. And he comes mm-hmm. a running. And she gets him back, and Fred is still fucking there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fred yeah. is still there. And he, he points that out to her yes. while she's trying to make Charles this romantic salad, um, which is such a weird thing. But, you know, he's like, are you happy now? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, then why am I still here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's, yep. she's pissed at him because he replaced her dinner with a mud pie. Or she replaced mm-hmm. her own dinner with a mud pie because she already mm-hmm. knew she wasn't happy and satisfied, but she needed this external part of her to tell her that. Whatever. He also mm-hmm. clues her into the fact that, oop, Charles is in the other room talking to Annabella because he's still into her. And so there's, it's not necessarily super duper subtle. I don't think it needs to be subtle. I don't think that's the point. What's oh. happening right now is your, if we're to take this at face value, it's your imaginary mm-hmm. friend who, who's there to help you be happy, screaming at you to be happy because what you're doing is killing yourself. Or it's mm-hmm. the self-preservational part of you screaming at yourself to say, what you're doing is fucking you up harder. Please stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that needs to be subtle. And, and none of what the movie is doing is necessarily subtle. The pranks, the silliness, the sight gags are meant to be kind of juvenile. And linking in those flashbacks, some of the flashbacks are gut-wrenching. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the one where... Because her father is in most of them because her parents yeah, were mm-hmm. together pretty much right up until Drop Dead Fred exited the picture. Mm-hmm. Yep. And her father was pretty passive. He supported her and cared about her and didn't think what her mother was doing was okay, but he also didn't stop it. And he just abandoned her in order to abandon mm-hmm. the mother. And it's clear that the mother probably blames her for the dissolution of the relationship. Oh, yeah. She said it's your fault that, it, that daddy left, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Yep. But not until the end. She she doesn't actually yes. get the words until the end, which is good because that's when she could actually handle them. But mm-hmm. it, it's and to be fair, little Elizabeth and Fred are up to some shit. I mean, <laughs> when they play burglars, <laughs> yeah. they steal a bunch of shit 
and break a bunch of shit and stick it in a sack and then throw it out in the garden to bury it. And they break a window. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. her parents oh, yeah. are upstairs thinking they're actual burglars in the house. And they call the cops. But when the cops show up, they don't know because the phone call is cut out before they can finish having a conversation. So they think it's the burglar coming up the stairs. So her father tackles a cop and they roll down the stairs and then he winds up getting arrested. Those are real consequences. Yeah, those are real consequences for that, sure. That's all very stressful. Yeah. So I that could have very easily put strain on the relationship. But if the relationship itself wasn't strained to begin with, a child isn't going to break up have. a marriage. Yeah. Right. Right. And and it seems like her mom is has always been this manipulative way even before I mean the the the, the rule is right that Fred is there um because Lizzie's unhappy and I think that's even true when she's a child too, oh, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. like even if she started acting out more with Fred as an invisible friend, her mom um, and her dad were both unavailable emotionally and manipulative. And Fred just kind of let her have some fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. supported her and, and made her laugh yeah. and made her feel cared for. Gave her physical affection. Like there, there, there mm -hmm. are snuggles as much as there are snot wipes. Like there's, there's mm -hmm. definitely, yep. there's a groundedness to this psychotic relationship that is completely at odds with what her actual experience is. Right. And it's yep. it's well shown. That mm -hmm. little girl is so fucking cute. How can you not give her snuggles? <laughs> yeah. And respect true. her enough to get her to stop destroying everything you own. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yep. it's they 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 show the scene where the mother the 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 Jack in the Box, her mother actually trapped Fred in that. It, right. it yeah. wasn't Lizzie didn't lock him away. He didn't just necessarily disappear, although he's magic, so in theory he could have busted himself out. But there is a scene where her mom figures out that Fred is in the box and she snatches it and says, I'm going to lock him away. And she starts to cry. And her mother's response to her little girl's tears are, aha, so this is what makes you cry. I think she literally says that. She does Now I that, know yeah. what to do. And so mm -hmm. she tapes that box up. And later Elizabeth is an adult as she's thinking about this. She's like, once my mother knew how to hurt me. She did it all the time. And so mm -hmm. I had to just lock away how I actually really feel inside of me. Again, no subtext here. It is just you're seeing this unfold on the screen. It doesn't make it any less impactful. Kind of you're watching somebody have very basic realizations that, that you know, you see more subtly portrayed. But I think especially when you yourself are going through it, it has to be a whack over the head. Because you're so yeah. deep into your own patterns and your own sublimated feelings and your own trauma that you need someone to scream in your face and say, you're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Your mom really fucked you up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you internalized a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And this movie does that in a weirdly pleasant way. In a weirdly pleasant pleasant way like a way that will make you laugh at from time to time it will disgust you but so like certain journeys of self-help are that right like you have to grapple with disgust you have to get back into the primordial and even feral feelings of your subconscious you know what i mean like it is it is self-destructive at times and like uh and it's just a really cool allegory for that in my opinion you know i just i feel like it pulls i think it pulls it off yeah poop yeah. and mud and food throwing 
the dinner or the lunch with Mickey is oh boy <laughs> unhinged. Uh, Megan, <laughs> yeah, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. But your your um, realization, which I hadn't ever thought about before, is that it's it's the first time we're seeing Elizabeth and Fred's relationship from the external perspective of not being able to see him. Mm, did I say that? Yeah, you did. I, I think, think I Michael- said that. Oh, you said but- that. I think yeah. Michael said that. Sorry, it was just really smart, so I assumed it was from Megan. Mm, <laughs> that, fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm uh, so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry, <laughs> yeah, Michael. Right. Um, yeah, because like he's Fred is trying to sabotage the date that they're on, and he's like taking her arm while he's holding wine and shaking it, and she's just so it, from Mickey's point of view, she's just like shaking and just like randomly mm-hmm. throwing food, and he's thinking this is awesome. This is <laughs> fucking Mickey. She is it's so free. Board. She's a free spirit, and he like there's a couple of moments where he's like. Why did you do that? You know, like it's mm-hmm. a little bit disturbed, but also a little bit. And how can I? It was <laughs> you know? it was curiosity. It was mm-hmm. not yeah. immediately ready to discount mm-hmm. it. Is just a, she she picks up her water glass to take a drink and then inexplicably moves it away from herself. But she's struggling with her own muscle, so it's <laughs> it's twitching and shaking. And then eventually, very slowly, she pours the entire glass of water into her own lap and then shakes mm-hmm. the yep. last of the. <laughs> yep. At one point, she's so like, "So why did you do that?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. Okay, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he, yeah, she she he forces her to lift up the plate and smell it, and then she's able to put it back down, and she's relieved for a second, and then just <laughs> <laughs> whoa, <laughs> wow, just like your microphone. Work. Thank yeah. you, fully work. <laughs> Flings it into the wall, and again, mm-hmm. yeah, as you said, he questions, "Well, why did you do that?" Mm-hmm. And then he just. Starts throwing food himself. It unlocks. He starts throwing food at everybody. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, this is dangerous. They are <laughs> dangerous people to be together. Yes. They just but, amp but each other so up. Alive, right? He's he's throwing yeah. food at people. He's like, this is great. They get thrown out, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I left something in, and I think she said her dress, but this mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. But like, so he's like, yeah, and he just runs back in there. He just got thrown out of there, but he runs back in there to like, because he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. He, he feels this liberation that I think. The subtext is like he clearly has been suppressing his own self too for such a long time. And mm-hmm. here's this excuse or this realization or this epiphany personified in, in Lizzie that uh, allows him to, to be his true self, which is maybe more, you know, spontaneous and, and um, you know, just, you know, alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, 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 that scene is genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys, too. So I had um, some thoughts on rewatching this that I, w- I wouldn't have had as a kid, but there, <laughs> there's some perviness about Fred. Mm. Mm, um, yeah. He does. There's a there's a recurring gag where he slides under between a woman's legs and looks up her skirt. Right. Yeah. Yep. Upsetting. Um, which is gross. Yes. Right. But if we're reading it as he's an extension of Lizzie. And Lizzie has all kinds of repressed feelings. I was wondering, did that read like is she struggling with her own sexuality in that in those instances? Is that is that like something that the movie the movie doesn't ever confront it like face up? Um, but I wonder if the writers were were trying to say something in the background. Did that ring with you guys in any in any way? Yes, especially because so um, uh, Lizzie briefly meets Annabella who's uh, played in a cameo by Bridget Fonda. Mm-hmm. Um, and F- Fred has done this gross thing. 
uh, to her, and they don't know who each other are yet, but like essentially they they have almost like a meat cute <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. you know um they're both kind of like complimenting each other's dresses and then um uh and then of course you know uh stupid charles comes in and ruins everything mm-hmm. um and 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 annabelle actually says to him like I, you you told me she wasn't good looking and you know so obviously saying that she is good. so mm-hmm. anyway but that did feel, yeah, yeah. She was dressed up at the time, yeah. But it felt very flirty. It it really did. Oh. Um, definitely, definitely yeah. felt flirty, especially on Annabella's part. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I, but Elizabeth was also. I mean, it it was a meet cute created by Fred. He slid under her as as mm-hmm. Elizabeth trying to get him up off the ground. She's like, ah, your dress is really it's nice material. It's really slinky, and mm-hmm. that kind of flips a switch and Annabelle's like oh thank uh-huh. you I like your dress mm-hmm. too and it mm-hmm. it has that tone it does you know, like it really yeah. does and it, it I don't feel like that's accidental because it, it wasn't just a, oh I like your dress too it, it felt much more more flirty and I I do like the read of if he's doing this and it's her then maybe it is her expressing kind of a desire she has not yet explored, and maybe men are not her flavor. I love that read maybe so not, much because because Fred also refers to sex as like that's what the pigeons do. <laughs> he <Yeah>. immediately <laughs> gets a shovel and goes outside because he's angry. He learns that she's had sex with Charles early in the movie, and he gets so angry he takes his shovel and starts trying to smash some pigeons. Mm-hmm. That's funny, people. Yeah, yeah, because they taught her but, how to have sex, and he's mad. Yeah, he's mad about it. Obviously. But if that's but if that's an extension of her true self, then she therefore thinks that having sex with men, who apparently she's only had sex with men, is disgusting. Right? Well, and think about when she hooks back up with Charles. They kiss, Fred is right there, and his mm-hmm. commentary is, ooh, how does that taste? And yeah. and is kind of like constantly interjecting in this moment that's supposed to be, you know, intimate and arousing mm-hmm. and he finds like oh are you gonna do it like the pigeons do it no 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 you're supposed to stamp on his head and then he's supposed to peck you a bunch and then it's what is this <laughs> what is this nonsense what is another happening great here? joke yeah um <laughs> even when his when fred's mud pie like explodes all over charles's pants it, it explodes all over his lap mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's just like dirt and penis and like mm-hmm. Like it's not clean, it's not right. It's oh, I like this read. I like this read. Here, I right? like this read. Yeah, especially because it, it takes the very pervy male under a woman's skirt without her knowledge mm-hmm. or consent, and kind of turns it into still pervy, but more maybe an extension, like a childish extension of, childish. of a longing yeah. she has not pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Um, and then yeah, the cherry like on top is. You know, again, if you're in tune with the tropes, like she should be with Mickey at the end and they should be raising Mickey's daughter and they should be a couple at the end, right? They're not a couple at the end. They're friends, right? Eve, I, don't, I, I was also curious about her costume at the end. She's wearing like these brown kind of overalls. Um, so not a dress. She's always been wearing a dress throughout the movie, either her kid-like dress or her, um, you know, grown-up clothes that her mom picked out that look mm-hmm. exactly like her mom's exactly clothes. Exactly yeah. like her mom's clothes. Or yep. her sexy get Charles back dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her, when she's, you know, on the path to healing, her clothes are, yeah, this is a bit more like casual. I don't know how, I don't know how to yeah. explain it, but... but um, 
I don't know. I just, I don't know if that's part of the read also or, or what, um, but, but yeah, just the ending, having a non-romantic ending, I mm-hmm. think is. Yep. I really, I really do like that. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's, it would have either way undercut the message of the movie because it is quite literally at the end when she realized Charles is still being unfaithful. She's still not happy. She's, she's given these pills by this doctor that mm-hmm. will literally kill Fred so that he doesn't, you know, go away on his own when she becomes happy. And if she's about to take the last pill, she finds out about Charles's infidelity and literally falls into Fred and goes into her own imagination where she mm-hmm. fights Charles, fights her mother, d- literally mm-hmm. dispels her own demons in her head and yeah. literally frees her own six-year-old self mm-hmm. from a bed she's been taped in in her childhood room, mm-hmm. gives her a hug. Taped just like the Jack in the Box. Just like the Jack in the Box. Ta- yeah. Same yes. tape. Same tape. Mm-hmm hugs her and then she disappears into her and mm-hmm. it's and she's like all right i'm good i'm ready to go i just had the mm-hmm. best psychedelic journey of my life i have fought all <laughs> of my inner yeah. demons and i am now a very healthy and functional person who's ready to take on my future whatever it may be mm-hmm. let's go fred Ooh, can't come with you i guess yep. you gotta go without me baby but I, now mm-hmm. i really do appreciate and need you she's like you don't need me you've got you now just yeah. no subtext. Beautiful line. Yeah, but beautiful. still, yeah. it doesn't it, because it's good. a beautiful line, right? Like it's yeah. it. That's the point of affirmations to say them fucking out loud, and just to have that. And she gets a look on her face of, oh, that's right, I do. This is going to be fine. She comes out of that that trip like Neo in the Matrix. Like she yes. can stop bullets now. Fucking She's like- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional bullets, and then. That literally happens. Emotional bullets get sent at her from her mother. All of the things she hasn't been outright saying. Mm -hmm. She says, I had a child to save my marriage. That was a Mm -hmm. mistake. You made it worse. He left because of you. Mm -hmm. She she throws at the, like, Elizabeth is out. Elizabeth is done. She doesn't need to stay at home anymore. She's not going to go back Mm -hmm. to Charles. She's happy with who she is and she's going to move forward. She doesn't need her mom. And her mom is trying to manipulate her into staying back in and none of them work. But what I love is that you don't leave her as the evil monster in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, she has been a part of the problem and yes, she's not great. But Elizabeth turns around when she says the last thing she says after saying some seriously venomous shit is I'll be lonely. Mm-hmm. The first, yeah. the first fucking, what mm-hmm. is the word? Uh, Epiphany, realization. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, vulnerable moment she has. Being vulnerable that okay. isn't mm-hmm. just pure. Mani- it's it's still manipulative, but it's also sort of a. It's almost wrenched from her, which mm-hmm. is really well acted. the The mother is played by uh, Marsha Mason. She plays Polly. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yep. she's great. She's great. She does it really, really, really well, and. Elizabeth turns around, hugs her, kisses her on the cheek, and says, you should get yourself a friend. And it's, mm-hmm. that that's health, baby. That's compassion. Mm-hmm. She's not mad at her mom. She doesn't wish her ill. She recognizes her family. She doesn't say in a mean way. Exactly. It's not mm-hmm. sarcastic. It's not, get yourself a friend. It's, no. You should get yourself a friend. You it's, know, like, kind of yeah. the way Janie would probably talk to her, you know, mm-hmm. like, in a very validating and welcoming kind of way, even though... A great hurt has been done, i.e., sinking a houseboat, or in this case, you know, blaming <laughs> you for a divorce as you, when you were a child. Oh, uh-huh. yep, you know. yep. It's 
that's so cool. I don't know. There's there's just something lovely about that her health does not come at the expense of that her health is not contingent on maintaining rage at people. She's not mad and vindictive at Charles. She's not mad and vindictive at, at, at her mother. She's truly the sanest, healthiest person in this movie now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Despite everything yeah. we just saw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And she can do anything. God help us all. Yeah. And then the movie ends on a really cute moment because they're visiting um, Mickey's daughter who's being babysat and his babysitter is that up to her. She's covered in mud and she's like freaking out. And Lizzie looks at the girl who has her pinky up like she's doing a pinky promise and her arm is kind of shaking as like she's giggling over this torture that she's conducted on this babysitter. And uh, the little girl says, yeah, it's Drop Dead Fred told me to do this. And so she realizes that Drop Dead Fred has like found a new kid. Mm-hmm. To kind of be there for um so the movie has that like little spinning top at the end of inception kind mm-hmm. of moment like so was he real you know that kind of thing yep. he must have been because this other kid who makes up drop dead fred you know um and and it ends there and it's, it's just a really beautiful ending yeah beautiful. yeah yay yay so that's drop dead fred people you're that's welcome drop dead fred yeah, yeah. The deepest dive in the Drop Dead Fred that it deserves. <laughs> I love that on this podcast, we got from Michael a queer reading of Drop Dead Fred. Hey, yes. You're welcome. That's love it. awesome. Welcome. That's a gift. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, possibly queer positive movie and definitely a, you know, maybe a feminist movie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's some, some reads on that too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like a good girl power kind of flick. Yep. 100% agree. This sure. is, this is a bizarrely empowering movie both from the standpoint of being a woman and growing up mm-hmm. as a child if you had any sort of suppression yeah. or trauma like it's it's yeah it speaks to and being one. a white dude like i can i can like identify with mickey even a little bit like yeah. i'm attracted to lizzie's freedom and like uh pushing back against like what society expects of you and stuff mm-hmm. like that and not that i'm like particularly oppressed or anything but you know like uh quite the opposite actually but um but we're all like shoveled into roles. You know, like this movie is supposed to be categorized. Like we talked about that at the beginning, right? Like people don't always fit into the little boxes that people want. And we sometimes we try to fit into that little box and that costs us our soul a little bit. So this movie kind of pushes back against that. And I love it. So do you so often tell people of- in your life, I love how you sink boats? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to start, I think. Okay, fair. I think that's a good, I think it's a good line. <laughs> Speaking of little boxes that work so well to categorize things, <laughs> mm-hmm. how would you rate this movie? Regrettable, outstanding crazy walls, K or solid? Can I rate the transition as outstanding? That was amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. I, 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 I hate that I interrupted that with my dumb comment. I may edit it out because the transition was gorgeous, and I'm sorry that I ruined it. Yeah. I, I was worried and re- rewatching this because I hadn't seen it in 25 years. I was like, oh, this is going to probably be dumb and sophomoric and not as fun as I remembered it. It was, I laughed the whole time. I, you know, some of the stuff is like, yeah, that's kind of dumb. But if you read it in the context of someone's psychological journey with their own childhood, it fits, it works. It's beautiful. It's got touching moments. It's well acted top to bottom. Mm. Um mm-hmm. I, I would call it outstanding. I like the audience score of 77. Feels about right. I might even be tempted to give it like 85. Um, I, I know it's not like some kind of like 
master class of like um psychology i'm sure like uh, i'm sure like uh therapists might have some things to say about the movie uh, i don't know but as far as like good storytelling and um i i, I thought it was i thought it was outstanding excellent amber yeah i'm sorry i don't know if it's nostalgia or my own obsession with putting psychological journeys into film I find this movie outstanding. I'm not saying it's for everyone. I'm not saying if you don't have the same attachments and associations, both historical and personal to it, that you would necessarily find it the same because it's weird. It's off kilter. Mm -hmm. It's not subtle. It's, but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything icky other than the skirt look. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it really is, it's almost safe in in the way that it explores Mm -hmm. these things. It's, non-confrontational even as you're as you're confronted with kind of the oh god people get in trouble what a mess there's even one thing i read um from a review was was kind of addressing that kind of thing that even the houseboat going down is fine um is fine because she gets like this huge ass check for insurance Mm -hmm. that she's like rather have that than the houseboat so like it closes that loop which is kind of like for me as a person who kind of like squidges out at some of these like really stressful kind of comedic-y scenes like having that be said i'm like okay like it kind of like (laughs) relieves the the tension in my neck a little bit where i'm like okay well she's she's fine but she's act she is actually better off now that her houseboat has been uh uh, sunk because she she outright says it I am better off. Yes. Look at all yeah. those zeros. Thank you, drop dead Fred. She screams to oh. the heavens. She says, thank you, drop dead Fred. Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. It is, yeah. it is, and it, then in rewatching it, you know that's going to happen, so then the scene doesn't feel stressful anymore. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it, there's a safety to it. There's, because it's so almost cartoonishly perfect in its setups of, of tension and resolutions, it can kind of do this fairly complicated and insightful look at what happens when a traumatized kid is re-traumatized as an adult and has a break and and show how you can do it healthfully while doing it crazily and it it, Mm -hmm. i don't know it's interesting it's interesting and i really like this movie and i find it outstanding excellent megan i'm gonna go with craze balls oh definitely you're not wrong Mm -hmm. solid and outstanding okay I feel like that's probably the most objective and measured. And you're, yeah. I think you're, you're right, mm-hmm. and I'm wrong. I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably fair. But I don't think that's actually true. I, that might be true of someone who watches it now, having not seen it as a kid, because there's like, I mean, I think nostalgia and and being taken back to a place where you know your childhood when you watch this for like the first three hundred times. Um, I think that's totally valid too, but not objective. Yeah. But but certainly not objective. <laughs> Deeply subjective. Excellent. Yes. Well, what is BMR if not a science podcast? Oh yeah, hard <laughs> science here. Nothing but the best justice. peer-reviewed yeah. <laughs> entertainment justice. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Wonderful. Megan, mm. do an Issa story. So, uh, uh, <laughs> we were. Uh, the, the kids um, like to say say boo. Um, 
and they they like to scream boo in your face because you know it's scarier that way. Mm-hmm. Although Dan taught them, I think it was Dan taught them that the um that the scariest way to say boo was to come over and go boo, <laughs> which in fact it is, is scarier yes. <laughs> coming from a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's a good Jedi father trick to be mm-hmm. like, no, the scariest way is the quietest way that won't bother me as much. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly what he did. And I think that he also actually is correct. Yeah, he's stumbled Both things are true. Yeah. Like, this is less like screaming in your face, but it is scarier. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. just a boo whispered. And then maybe if you could do just kind of like a childlike giggle that sort of echoes hauntingly. Yes. I won't sleep again for a while. Yeah. excellent michael do you have a sneha story i do um over the summer we drove from texas to minnesota which is a long car ride um but it didn't feel so long we did a lot of like singing in the car uh which i like to do and uh, we had this funny moment where we were listening to American Pie uh, came up on the list. And, you know, we're saying, bye, bye, Miss American Pie and all that. And then the end of the chorus where he's like, and this will be the day that I die. And Sneha was like, I don't like this song. And we're like, why? It's like a fun song, you know? And she's like, they're talking about dying. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's saying this will be the day that I die it. Okay? <laughs> and, and she said, oh, okay. And so we sang, because it's like a, you know, 30 hour long song, we sang diet at the end of every chorus so that Sneha would sing the song with us. So then we get to Minnesota and like during the week that we're vacationing there, um, that song comes on like while people are cooking and they're listening to music and she's listening to the song again. And then she yells at the like Alexa or whatever. She's like, no, that's the wrong lyrics. This says die. My dad says that it's diet. (laughs) Dad, get them to play the right version where it doesn't talk about dying. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that she um, took your side over Alexa's side. Yeah, well, she's like, she Dad is right. <laughs> the song is incorrect. Alexa can go straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. We laughed so nice. hard. Do we want to do recommendations, or do we want to wrap up? I'll do one real fast. Um, yeah. Since we since we just watched the movie where a person has a green friend that is actually them, mm, uh, I want to recommend She Hulk. Yes. Um, <laughs> where it's uh, if you haven't seen She Hulk, she breaks the fourth wall. It's it's funny. It's thoughtful. It's another girl power feminist kind of show that I think um, isn't a turnoff for men to watch. I think it's it's just great. It's funny and and cool. And I think She Hulk is my new favorite. MCU character like that's it's a big statement because I really like superhero movies but um yeah watch She-Hulk it's awesome excellent I could I could co-sign that and and also like just as a like it is very different from the other MCU mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um seri- t- TV series what do we even call mm-hmm. these miniseries yeah, whatever miniseries, they're called I think. um so just like just re- reframe your brain just a little bit. Yeah. Another one hard to it. categorize, right? Like it's, yes. it's a superhero mm-hmm. show, but it fights with all the superhero tropes on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's self-aware. It's all the things. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very good. Agreed. Lovely. Uh, well, I want to thank you guys for having me on the show again. I, it's always such a, a pleasure, and we always talk 
way longer than we should about things, but oops, a doodle. Um, well, uh, but I, you know, uh, as a fan and as a friend, uh, it's it's a great honor. So thank you so much. It is always lovely to have you, Michael. Oh yeah, it is. It is a great honor to have you, Michael, BMR co-host and fan. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to close this out no. like I always do every time with a Carrie Fisher quote. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm back in. No motive is pure. No one is good or bad, but a hearty mix of both. And sometimes life actually gives to you by taking away. Whoa, that actually happened in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. My gosh. Do you think? Do you I'm, think that quote came after being in Drop Dead Fred? It's the only thing possible. It's the only thing that makes any sense. <laughs> it, yeah. It actually said, "Oh, it does say Carrie Fisher after making Drop Dead Fred." It actually just uh, said that. No, Quote, you, you didn't read the first part of the quote where she's like, I, ca- I, I Carrie Fisher of Drop Dead Fred fame, <laughs> shall now recount my times and, and, and wisdom. Yep. It actually started with, you know, Fred's motive is not necessarily pure. Fred <laughs> is neither good nor bad. Is not good or bad. You Sometimes. Mean they fretted it? it, it. They fretted it that out. Oh, oh man, Michael. Oh, okay. oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Very Thank naughty. You. Oh, I think we all need to go on this one. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, I guess. <laughs>